0: Hey, everybody, listen up. Slow Toke Rodriguez says sit down, grab a raw, twist a number, and get ready to listen to some sidewalk crew. You dig? hey guys thanks for tuning in to another episode of the sidewalk crew uh, first of all uh, look I know we've been gone for a couple weeks and uh, we'll talk about that on an upcoming episode uh, for sure um, I'd just like to say thank everybody to coming out um, you know uh, February the 22nd uh, that was the last time I think I've been out. Like I said, I've been in for a few weeks and, uh, we're not really going to get too deep into that. I want to dive right into this episode cause it's us coming back on this episode. Uh, my friend Tia Waller is here. Uh, I met Tia through, uh, the idiot box comedy club. Uh, she's, uh, one of the improv people there. And, um, she also, uh, took the standup class and we met via the standup class. So we're going to have to get her on a graduates episode. Hopefully we can have another one of those pretty, pretty soon. But, uh, Look, guys, I just want to say the last couple of weeks has been really, really crazy for me. Um, just, it's, uh, you know, you never know what life's going to throw at you. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about it soon. I just want everybody to know I'm fine. Um, everything's okay, uh, everything's going uh, just as well as it could possibly go right now. Um, But I just want you to know that all you guys are awesome. Uh, Anybody who's ever come to a show, every comic who comes out to mics and everything, uh, you're all awesome. And I love you all so, so very much. And uh, thank you all so much for being great people. Um, And like I said, we'll talk about me later. I just uh, we're we're not talking about it now. I know I've been out for a little bit and um, it's just I've had some personal stuff going on and life's just been crazy, um, but that shouldn't be an excuse, and that shouldn't keep me from, uh, you know, doing this for you guys, because you guys are who I really do it for, so, uh, check out this episode with Tia, um, like, subscribe, and follow, and, uh, check out the new outro at the end, if you would, please, and, uh, like I said, I love you guys, thank you so much. So, out of all the places in the world, first of all, thanks for stopping through, because I know we've been trying to do this a few times, and, like, I've had stuff come up, you've had stuff come up, but that's fine. But where, like, where along the line, like, me just knowing what you do, like, where on the line does it cross, like, why improv, why the idiot box, why that group of people, and why don't I see you do more (laughs) (laughs) stand-up?
1: Uh, well, I've been kind of on hiatus from stand-up to do sketch, Fair. I took the the sketch class um, over the summer, and we actually are going to be opening soon on February 17th. So we've been kind of formulating a little group and formulating some sketches, and that has taken up a lot more time than I ever anticipated. Um, But I am going to do the UCC this year, and so as soon as that's over, I'm going to come back into open mic.
0: I uh I remember I think the first time I saw you get up, that I can remember seeing you get up. I can't remember the structure of the joke, but I remember you got up and you got done. And I believe I want to say it was Eric Brown. I turned over and looked at, it and I was like, "That was great." And Eric goes, "That was funny." And like we're normally the kind of people that like if we think something's bad, immediately we're going to tell each other, "Yo man, that wasn't that great," you know. But like it was it was good because like you had you had this wonderful little. You know, uh, like I don't want to say shtick because I don't think it's a shtick, but it was just like the way you handled yourself on stage just looks so brilliantly like translated. Because it's like when when you hit a point, you went to hit a point or go to hit a punch, you got really into it and active, and like on your way into it, it was kind of like so. I'm a this, and it was just it was just because you're like okay, so you're you're reserved, but then you just went blah, and then you pull it back in so immediately. I'm like that's fantastic.
1: That is. Very interesting to hear. Um, I don't get a lot of people commenting on, like, noticing what I do, and I think it's still new to me that I don't notice that I do those things. So that's actually really cool to hear. Um, Yeah, I I really enjoy all of the things that The Idiot Box has come to offer. Um, My little story is The Office is my favorite show of all time, always, and forever. Which version? The American, I mean, the the UK one, sure, great, but the American one was, it started when I was in high school, like freshman year, all the way through to college and watching all of it, and it was amazing and hilarious, and I love every person on that show, Um, and the writers, and so when um, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey started the Office Ladies podcast, I was... Rewatching it with them for the umpteenth time and Angela came up through improv and I was like okay um you know Jenna went through the whole theater program like a lot of the other idiot boxers and improvisers have done and have a theater background but Angela went through improv so I was like okay well maybe that's an interesting place to start and then they mentioned Brent Forrester's writing class to write like a 21, 22-minute pilot episode, and I took that. I did an online class with Second City during the pandemic to see if I would be interested in improv, and then Google happened, and I found the Idiot Box and signed up for improv about a year and a half ago and immediately fell in love with them and all types of comedy and doing it and performing it. Um, improv is fantastic and then as soon as Steve mentioned stand-up class I was like yes please and that was actually a year ago like this week that I had my graduation show
0: I remember that grad show uh, I try to go to all of them I'm I'm a huge proponent in that class because I, I always had uh, a writing thing um, church man you gotta not be a church right now as, as listeners of this podcast will know uh, my cat tortures uh, everything that we do <laughs> So currently he's just wondering why nobody's giving a damn about him. Um but Steve, uh I've I've been so uh I've been so fortunate because I showed up uh it'll be four years from me in August. And uh, I showed up and God I was bad. Uh, <laughs> like I was terrible. Uh long blonde ponytail mechanic shirt, uh with like a name patch on it, no beard. And uh, I was doing mechanic jokes Like wrenches be turning jacks be (laughs) jacking Shit like that And I was like yeah I'm gonna be the next Chris Titus And uh, I what not And I directly Correlate my success to Dusty Cagle and J.D. Etheridge They were the first two people to talk to me Uh, I did a fat joke one night And Dusty said that was funny And uh, I was like well isn't that kind of hack For me being a big dude to do fat jokes And Dusty looked me in my eye and put his hand on my shoulder And said what else do you know
1: Yeah, I've heard the write what you know,
0: write what you know, write what you know. And then uh, JD told me, because I used to talk like the dude in the old FedEx commercials in the 90s who was explaining all the terms and conditions that FedEx had. (laughs) So JD looked at me. He was like, hey, man, it's a funny joke. But you got to slow the fuck down, man. Don't nobody (laughs) know what you said. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I was like, but I've got so much to say. So he was like, fine, bring all your material next week. And I was like, man, I can do, I can do 10. And he goes, he's like, I promise you, I'll get you all the time you want. And I showed up next week with the intention that I was doing 10 minutes. I was about to blow the roof off this place. And in about three minutes and 45 seconds, I was out of material.
1: Oh my God. Cause
0: I ran through it all. I didn't stop. I didn't pause. I did not nothing. I just went. And JD saw the look on my face. And about the same time he saw the look on my face, I saw the light from Jenny. And I was just like, thank y'all so much. Walked off stage got some claps and jd was like 10 minutes and i was like i need help <laughs> and mm-hmm. then then i got more into it because i was just i was so scared when i first showed up i didn't want to talk to anybody because i thought everybody was better than me um i know
1: the exact
0: sentiment <laughs> i uh i didn't understand that a christmas ball dude never mind it's so
1: cute i'm sorry no
0: you're fine he's he's the he I didn't want a tree. I didn't want a tree because this is the little asshole. Because oh, yeah. like we put up the tree and it's fine. And then like, I come home and I find him in the tree and he's looking at me like, this is my tree. Mm-hmm. And these are my balls. And, yeah. And these are my balls. And he just, and Molly, that's us yo, it's like when I'm here by myself, he he'll come up to me and everything, you know, Molly walks through the door. He's like, Hey man, fuck you. Like he wants <laughs> nothing to do with anything I'm doing. That's just church as a cat. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I said Emma JD and those guys And I just got more ingrained into it Um, I remember the first night Uh, Me and Molly saw you up at the uh, Next door, and she was like, hey And I was like, well that's cool, we all know each other <laughs> Um, And uh, it was, you know, anytime I anytime I can see somebody and talk to them I try to remember like those moments, because I'm like Well if I see this person around, and then I saw you take the class And I was like, fuck yeah, somebody else Because <laughs> I think everybody that wants to do this Should do this mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to be, you know Kevin Hart, but I don't even want to be Kevin Hart. I want to be more like Hannibal burris Like let me yeah. feature for a couple of years and then I'll go write for somebody. Um but Hannibal's yeah. fucking prolific. Uh that that's that's neither here nor there. So uh, with me it was just running through stuff and, and I remember your grad show and your grad show was great. Um cuz that mm-hmm. cla- like I said that class I love that class. I'm actually, I actually have to get you on here for the next episode of the graduates So I've got like uh Aww. we've done it like two times and it's like me and before it's all done there's going to be like 12 of us in a room with like Condenser mics on the corners. I'm just be like, don't everybody talk it fucking once <laughs> But uh, so far, it was me and Tonio that did it the first time, and it was just us. Then uh, it was me, Tonio, and Nick Pogue last time.
1: Okay.
0: And like every time, I'm gonna add another graduate, and another graduate, and <laughs> another graduate. Talk about
1: one. their grad show. Well, just oh.
0: uh, well, just to talk about like how how common how how things have been for them since the show. Because cool. I can remember what it was like for me writing and trying to do it before I took it the first time. Hmm. And then I remember after, because see, before, before I took it the first time, I was doing okay. Um, I just got eliminated at UCC. Um, I didn't get into the festival, but I had a full schedule for volunteering for the festival. And that's when I caught the plague Mm -hmm. and was in the hospital dying for a week. And nobody knew where I was. And I still remember the day I went live on Facebook and threw it up and I'm getting messages from everybody that was like yo you look like shit bro and I'm like hell yeah man I appreciate that but I couldn't think of any way to because nobody nobody other than Molly knew where I was for like four days Yeah. the festival started on Sunday I didn't get a phone charger until Tuesday and I like I had to yeah. I had to let him like let him know. and I remember uh, I think I messaged Jenny and told her I felt sick at the beginning of the week but I'd let her know and uh, I was out of work that whole week and oh just my then that Friday I went in. Yeah, I was I was down for like two weeks. And I was I was out for the count, you know. Like, Never. I was I was on the way out the door. Molly was so mad at me. She was like, I
1: can't believe you got sick. And I'm like. <laughs> like, you can control it. Yeah. You know, but, but still, that's a lot. It's a lot to go through and like, mm, when Especially she, going into a hospital.
0: She took it like a trooper. She got so bad, but I called the ambulance too. She was like, I made you soup. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not invalidating the soup. I'm sure the soup had magical curing powers. But I'm dying, lady. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, so I took the class and the class was my way back in. And, uh, I I still remember the, uh, I still remember the first Thursday I went back. You know, Dakota Day got on stage, told three jokes and said, I don't even care about doing jokes tonight. I'm just happy to see Tony. And then he got off stage and sat next to me for the rest of the whole night. And it was, she let me go last. And Aww. I had, uh, while I was in there, I had like taken the time and thought about my jokes and reworked them. And I think it was the first night I killed. And ever since then, I've been like, "Yup, this is what we're gonna do forever <laughs> now. This is better than any heroin I've ever taken in my life. Right? <laughs> we're just gonna do. We're just gonna do that." So, uh, I, that, that's that's what I love about it. I love running into people, and like talking to people about their different experience because, like, I'm doing improv now, and that to me is the most terrifying thing,
1: yeah. on the
0: planet because I don't get to. I can't write it. Mm-mm. I can't. And it,
1: I don't. I mean, I don't think it goes away. It's not been that long for me, but every moment of every scene i'm like what am i gonna do next what am i gonna do next this is horrible oh my god everyone else is better than me i don't think it goes away
0: i think the mysticism i found in it though is like i'm better when i don't think about it at all
1: yes and that's what jenny said to me last time she's like you're thinking too much like you're getting back into your head just don't hesitate just say it we all know what you're gonna say just say it i'm like okay i'll try and it's it is hard to to get out of your head and just be on the spot, but that's when you do the best stuff.
0: I agree. What's your favorite game to play so far?
1: I like Switch Interview. I it's like Switch Interview. Cuz I I like the short, quick, wild character of it all. Whereas I get really hung up on scenes, like long scenes and like heightening what's going on and finding the game, but I love Switch Interview.
0: I, uh, I'm, I'm quite partial to So my, my only exposure to improv outside of the idiot box is whose line is it anyway?
1: Um, yeah.
0: well, and mock of the week, I'll count mock of the week, which is a British show on the BBC. Hmm. It's very similar, but they had guys like Frankie Boyle and, uh, Russell. Uh, I can't think of his last name, but Russell's fucking hilarious. Um, and, uh, uh what's his name? Oh, uh, Diana, Diana, uh, Diana, fuck. I can't even think of the guy's name right now. But they're all funny. I know John Oliver was on a few times, but I just remember Frankie Boyle because he's like my favorite, like, and he got canceled uh, because he gives no fucks. Like, he just says uh-huh. whatever he wants to. And yeah, I feel those comics, we should to a degree, um, but that's a topic for a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I really like, uh, I really like, like, uh, The World's Worst just because mm-hmm. I can, I, I definitely have the brain to say those things. Quickly, like uh, in class the other week, she was like, okay, we're going to play World's Worst, and we all got up, and everybody was like, World's Worst thing to say if you're a teacher, and a couple people were, you know, it it, oh, yeah. foot it foot all dis- it yeah. dissolves so, it all dissolves, our foot and mouth, yeah, uh, it all dissolves so quickly, and of course it comes to me, and I walk up, and the only thing I can think to say is, and in honor of Black History Month, I've segregated the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the oh, worst thing you can say if you're a teacher? Yeah.
1: Um, oh, I had... Um, I had a teacher the other day when we played that and it I went up and I was like, Good morning, y'all. Uh it's my last day. I've I've started an OnlyFans and that's more lucrative, so <laughs> like it, it is a, that's a fun game. Um
0: I think the worst part in that one would be like and the hyperlink to get onto the...
1: <laughs> yeah, and I just sent it all to you on your, your phones right now. Uh and just pull it up anytime. you know, more views the better. So uh have a good life. <laughs> I'm um, I'm glad
0: we did not have OnlyFans when I was in high school.
1: I'm so glad I didn't have any, like, social media back in high school. MySpace was barely a thing.
0: I miss MySpace.
1: Same. Actually, today marks 19 years of Facebook.
0: Have I been online for 19 years?
1: That's an astounding number to me. We That and um, kids in high school are younger than high school musical
0: That's That's ter- a thing. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I never liked high school musical. It was um I was a, I was a huge drama guy and theater <laughs> kid. Believe it or not in high school cuz I was I was such a stoner burnout, but like I really like like I enjoyed presentation. I thought it was nice. I played in a band, so I was naturally drawn to people. Um and uh, uh just I enjoyed Are you getting in my Girl Scout cookies right now, fool? I swear to God.
1: I, I so. swear to God. So. Yeah. And, well, speaking of, I think that I might even know you from years ago from the band that you played in.
0: Well, I played in a couple different ones. Um, I sat in in a few that were really, really popular.
1: Um, yeah, one of the metal one.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I was really close with the guys with My Heroes Me mm. um, and Knives Exchanging Hands and Kill What He Dead. And the demonstration and Get Rude and Gabriella Cutthroat and Swift. I love Jamie King so much. That <laughs> greasy bastard. I love him so much. Like he found Between the Buried and Me. He put them on the mm. map. We uh we used to practice two doors down from Glass Casket, which is who became Between the Buried and Me.
1: Mm.
0: Um At a triple S self-storage on one. Yeah. I was
1: going to say one of the self-storage places.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody practiced at triple S. Yeah. Mount (laughs) was there. Um, uh, St. Diablo was like a, like a very early version of St. Diablo was there. Um, I think Pterodactyl had a group there, had a, had a unit there too. Pterodactyl was crazy. They were from Virginia and it was like seven dudes. They had no drummer. And it was the first time I saw a dude with like keyboards and stuff. And they did it all with drum machines, but they all play guitars and keyboards and more wrestling masks. And were just insane, like it. It was the crazy. They were. We were at the tavern, and they had a row of speakers in front of them, in addition to the other speakers. And wow. it was just raw sound. And it was the first time I remember looking at my buddy and going, "This is too much. <laughs> we <laughs> should leave." It was crazy. Um, yeah, but I was. Uh, I'll fall down in jumpsuit. Were the two that uh, that I was really, 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 really a major part of, and uh, hmm. my career was short lived. But uh the time I got to spend with the guys in my heroes me was probably my favorite. Um just cuz I love all those dudes. Um I still love most of them. Uh, some crazy stuff happened involved with some of those members and I won't name names on here just because it's not my place. Right, right. But uh like that body of work yo. Know, I still listen to I listen to Helen and Troy once a week. I listen to the Wolf broadcast once a week. I cry every time I hear how to hold a ghost's hand. Because Aww. that song is so good, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm I'm one of the random dudes hardcore dancing in the Rated R for Random Bunches video, like just that's so cool. Yeah, that was I remember that video shoot. I remember when we convinced them, we convinced the boys, like, hey, we're gonna get these hot girls to like pretend to make out with you and then tie you up in a bathroom. <laughs> and he goes, they're gonna touch me, and we were like, what, Aww. dog? You're the best looking guy here. You shouldn't have a problem.
1: Oh my god! Yeah,
0: I miss uh, I miss the music scene. Uh, what was the band you played in? I don't remember uh, when we talked about that.
1: Fuck yeah, dinosaurs! I
0: love that name so much.
1: <laughs> and we did have a song called "Pterodactyl." Uh, and they're on. They're still around. They're still performing in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, new bass player, new drummer. Um, they have stuff on Spotify and Apple Music. the
0: The day after we talked about it, I came home. I downloaded it. I put it on. I showed it to my music buddy, and uh, he goes, I remember this. And I was like, I think I do, too. Like, I might. Because I was definitely an an angsty youth who lived at somewhere else having right up the street here when it was a thing. Yep.
1: Sweet. Um, And, well, and then I I was cleaning out my car. I recently, well, I guess it was a year ago, I got a new car. And I I still have my old binder of, like, CDs. Like, you know. Um, everything, and it's all, they're all, like, alphabetical from Atreyu to, like, Under Oath, and one of them was the original Fuck Yeah Dinosaurs recordings, and I was like, I'm listening to this right now, and I did and it, it was not even a real recording, it was a live show at this, like, crappy little podunk bar in Pittsburgh, and it was so much fun.
0: <laughs> I, um, do you still listen to a lot of the same stuff now, mm-hmm. or... So, I am torn nowadays because I I went somewhere along the lines. I just decided the more technical it is, the better it is. Mm. And then another part of my brain was like, the more it makes you want to punch a baby, the heavier it is, <laughs> or the better it yeah. is. So, like, I t- like, uh, a death grip on yester- Yesteryear is one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, that's uh, the mm. Atreyu album before Let's Hell's Paper Anchor. Oh. Um, that was the one with a uh, creature on it.
1: I stopped listening to them after a while.
0: Like their newer stuff. That I'll
1: still listen to their old stuff, but I yeah, memories.
0: Death Grip was uh Death Grip was the album after the curse.
1: Okay. Uh yeah.
0: which uh, the curse was uh right side of the bed. That I think that mm-hmm. was the first time they Well no, Lip Gloss of Black, technically. That's my shit. Yeah, that's
1: that's the good the
0: good one. But I can't uh I can't I can't get like like Hawthorne Heights just put out new stuff. Really? And, and yeah. There's still- well, who's left alive, yeah. Um, and, like, the <laughs> silence of black and white got me through. No, you should laugh at that. He died of an asthma problem. That's terrible. It's, it's so sad, but, like, out of guys that are on the road touring, it's like, God, it's, so, it's such a, yeah, that's a punk-ass way to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, heroin, like the rest of them, man. Come on. Whoa. No, um, no, heroin's a problem. We shouldn't, yeah, don't, don't do that. No,
1: no, 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 But, uh, yeah, so. Uh,
0: but uh, Hawthorne's new stuff, and I tried. I tried so hard. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. like uh, like Spencer from Under Oath. I know Spencer personally. Spencer was from here.
1: Yeah. Like, he, he okay. was a
0: Greensboro dude. Uh, he, he was he hung around Northeast and Grimsley. And, you know, like, also, yeah, like, I remember Spencer Chamberlain when he was a nobody. And I remember when he went to Florida to go meet the rest of the guys in the Aww. band. And That's so into cool. Him. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. And, uh, dude, those first few albums are so, writing uh, on the mm-hmm. walls, oh, till this day. The best thing ever, um but they're they're new like when he left and they came back for discombobulation, that was fine.
1: I listened to that and the new Atreyu album the or but I never really got into them.
0: It's not I the think same
1: when i when I sit in the car or whatever and I want to like jam out, I always go back to like old classics, like I'll listen to the new stuff, and I'm like, nah, let's throw on some old stuff.
0: See, and that's what, like, newer bands that are out now, like, oh, we went and saw Fit for an autopsy the last time they were here. Hmm. Incredible show. Amazing show. And I've been listening to Fit forever. Um, Joe Bad's one of the best deathcore vocalists that has ever existed. Like, he's so good. Hmm. He's so, And he's such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of those, like, I remember Tomorrow. the first time I met the dudes from, um, oh, Last 10 Seconds of Life. We went and saw Last 10 Seconds of Life. And they are just, they're so intense like Mm. it's so heavy and on stage you're like i want to watch people get broken and then we get off stage and we walk over to go buy merch and the lead singer's here i was like dude you're so awesome and i just hear oh thanks man you know it's it's really nice to hear and i was like you're wait a minute can you can you talk again
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's not your voice yeah that's
0: not you there's no way that's you uh there's a guy named uh taylor barber he's in this band called left to suffer Taylor's bigger than me and he's got this guttural demon of a voice and then you mm. hear him talk and you're like what mm. like it doesn't so I love meeting those guys cuz they they're just doing it because they love it yeah. but it's not it's not the same as it is like or as it used to like I felt so much more connected to guys like Under Oath and Normandy I watched Nor- the first time I heard "Gonna Make You Wanna Punch a Baby" was from Norma Jean. It was at Warp Tour, and they said oh, like literally, they get on stage. Oh God, I miss Warp Tour. We used to go every year, <laughs> every year in the sun, just yeah. walk around and die a
1: little. Have you ever been to the fest in Florida? It's more punk music, maybe, but it's like the. Little- I don't know, it's, it's a three-day thing instead of a one-day thing like Warped Tour, and it's only in Florida, but it's it's a lot of
0: fun. I went to a weekend thing in Florida one time. I think the first big weekend festival that I did that I can remember going to was, because we did Ozfest every year until it stopped too, but oh. then there was one year it was a two-day thing, and I was just like, nah, like that's, <laughs> like I'm not- It's hard ha-
1: to go that long. Yeah,
0: but then uh, we went to Carolina Rebellion, like the fourth year they did mm. Rebellion, and, uh... I almost
1: went
0: to that one. We slept in the back of my truck. Yo, it was awesome.
1: Yeah!
0: I, I got to meet the dude from Cypress Hill. Uh, <laughs> Yellow Wolf was there. Um, uh, God, who else was there? Zombie was there. Disturbed was there, and I left because mm-hmm. they've been doing the same stage show for 15 years, in my opinion. <laughs> like, they got new songs, they do their old stage show, and they plug the new song in. Like, I've literally heard the mm-hmm. same, brothers and sisters, we could be here through music, and I'm like, you say the same shit, David Trader, <laughs> shut up! Um... But uh, Carolina was, Rebellion was fun. It was it was the best three days ever. And uh, then we went back and we were both, me and my roommate at the time, Spaz, we were both supposed to go to work that Monday. And we both called out and just sat on the couch and did nothing for that Monday. And uh, I remember my boss was like, well, you know, you're supposed to be here yesterday. It's kind of not cool, man. And I'm like... Brought you back this Rob Zombie shirt, dude, <laughs> and he was like, "I fucking love Rob Zombie; he's awesome." I won't say what part store I was working at at the time, but uh that dude is still there, and I am not, so Aww. I feel like some things could have been changed there. I uh, music was my first love; music was definitely my first love before anything else, and I, I that's what that's one of the things I love about doing stand up now is I can't or it's as close mm-hmm. as I'm going to get because I was I was a damn decent guitar player. Mm-hmm decent guitar player um but and there was nothing for, and I, I i had a pretty cool scream and i've got a decent voice but like there, are dudes that are so much better at it than me and it's so much easier for me to just tell a fat joke oh
1: my god it's be, i don't know i like i like all the comedy stuff it's I didn't know that I would ever really like performing until Fuck Yeah, Dinosaurs. And I still—I was so drunk for our first show. Like, I probably downed three-quarters of a bottle of SoCo and some PBRs. Whoa. And I made it through. Because I was so nervous about messing up. And, and, you know, I know that the only person that really notices that you mess up is you. But... I did it, and it was great, and then everything after that was just like, okay, I can do this. I did it once, and I, I didn't die. <laughs> and then that was kind of a big hiatus, like moving from Pittsburgh to North Carolina, getting a job, life, and then, yeah, I, I love like going up on the little stage and getting a good laugh. It's all worth it.
0: It is. It is. So why Pittsburgh to North Carolina? What what brought you to North Carolina?
1: My family lives here. Um, I was actually born in High Point, but we moved to New Jersey when I was, like, two, because my parents split up, and then uh, I went to college in Pittsburgh, and then after college, I was like, well, I don't really want to go back to New Jersey, because it's New Jersey, even though I love my mom, and I moved down to North Carolina, and... Uh, did my student teaching at Northwest High School and then got a job a couple months later. Why art? Uh, I don't know I guess it was something that I always did when I was younger and it was my way of like emoting like I could just zone out and draw and then I guess I got kind of good at it and stuck with it and My mom was a teacher, so I was like, okay, well, I could, I could, I could do that and share my skills with the world. And then now, like, I like art because it's, somebody brought up, I do a lot of portraits and somebody brought up how, like, after somebody passes away, you're never going to get a new picture of them again. And art is one way that you can do that you can kind of recreate a memory with drawing and I was like I really like that so
0: that's super I've never thought about that
1: yeah well and I worked in photography for a little while and that was one of their big things is like the photograph is a moment it was a family-owned company so it was one of their family members had passed away and so it was very like this is the last photo, and that, and then it kind of toppled into somebody saying that to me, and I was like, I really like that. And I like that about art is that you can create something from nothing. And art history is so interesting to me. Um, I recently learned that the pyramids of Giza are eight sided. Yep, I hate this news. Isn't there like doesn't it do
0: the same thing under the ground? Isn't that what it is that makes it eight-sided?
1: No. Um, so there are little divots that scientists discovered um, in each of the four walls. So they're kind of, instead of it being a flat wall, they're kind of like a V, slight V-shape. So each side actually has two sides. And they're only visible in, like, direct sunlight on the spring and autumn equinox. I had a student show me and my mind was absolutely blown. And I I hate this information. But I also love that like art history is always changing. Cause we're constantly reinterpreting like something that someone did thousands and thousands of years ago.
0: See, that's I've This episode of the Subwalk Crew is sponsored by Dubby Energy. We're declaring war on big energy. That's right. You've heard it. Guys, I've, I've been somebody who for a long time has drank energy drinks from a lot of those companies that sell a lot of different colorful cans in a lot of different colorful places. And uh, you know what? It's just I always find out like I either drink too much and I feel jittery sometimes because of the additives, uh, because it's got so much filler, um, because there's so much sugar in it. Even in the ones that don't have sugar, they hide sugars in it. There's just a lot of other bullshit in a lot of your energy drinks and you know with w energy we're waging war on it w energy is a new energy drink that's out there declaring we're on it they're tired of big energy favoring profit over quality and making energy drinks loaded with um, fillers, artificial colors and dyes, sugars, all sorts of things you shouldn't have, things that make you shake and everything, and especially things that get you crash. So if you're as upset as I am, you know, uh, declare war on big energy with us. Check out W energy drink. Um, W energy drink comes in a powder, throw it in a shaker, shake it up on your own, man. Look, fantastic, fantastic flavors. Um, me personally, I'll tell you what, since I've been with Dubby, uh, I really like the Dragonade. Uh Dragonade's awesome. You've also got the dub sludge, uh the big energy tears. Uh the beach and peach is fantastic. The beach and peach is slushy-worthy, I'm telling you. Flavors like passion, joy, push and punch. Um, and if you're not ready to commit to a whole tub of energy, that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know what? Grab a starter pack. The starter pack comes with a shaker cup. And a couple small ends so you can get a sample of what it's like. Experience crash free energy, experience something better. And if you use the code That Comic Tony, you're gonna get 10% off your purchases on Dubby. That's right, if you use the code That Comic Tony at per- uh, checkout, you'll get 10% off on your purchases. So declare war on big energy. Try Dubby using the code That Comic Tony today, and we can declare war on big energy together, guys. So, the reason why I find Eight Sides on a Pyramid incredibly fascinating. Um, is because like so I – during my regular day job, I have a lot of free time because I, I put picture frames together all day. So there's saws and stuff and we've all got headphones in. So we like text each other when we need each other. But like i listen to podcasts and I'm really for, – for being somebody who's not the most religious person on the planet, I'm really intrigued by mythologies of other places. So like I had just finished this really long podcast on Greco-Roman mythology and i was like yo egypt's bananas let's oh, yeah. let's listen to that and uh i'm i'm like 7 episodes in and i'm just like yo what is happening right now like this is crazy it's
1: wild
0: it's bananas
1: um actually the sketch that i wrote for the sketch show is about how bananas egypt is <laughs> so and like everyone was just like okay <laughs> like they didn't know any better because it's like one of the first civilizations ever so it's like okay yeah sure that sounds reasonable to have for a civilization. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, yeah you know. why not? Why not? We uh, we just talked. I just uh, the episode I just finished was like the first king, and I can't think of his name, but it was like the guy who commissioned, and then the guy that commissioned the building of the step pyramid.
1: Oh, oh, well, there was Narmer who know unified Egypt, upper and lower Egypt, and then King Dozier was the step pyramid built by Imhotep.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, cool. Is Dozier and Imhotep? Which yep. I hear emotep and I immediately think, I'm gonna watch moment. my favorite Brandon Fraser movie <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's, emotep yeah. Um And then another fun fact, do you know that we're um, we're closer to Cleopatra than Cleopatra is to the three the kings of the three pyramids? Like chronologically? Mm hmm. Um, the pyramids are about five thousand years old and Cleopatra is only about 2,000 years old, so, like, we're closer to her than she is to the guys that built the three giant pyramids in Egypt. That's crazy. Right?
0: That's crazy. I'm glad I landed on Egypt. I've always thought Egypt was really cool because, like, any, like, um, like, I've got a copy of the Bhagavad Gita around here somewhere, like, I, I think, I think polytheistic, uh, religions are... Fantastic, because it's it's like their gods and goddesses are freedoms of like their expressions, Mm -hmm. like even even in Greek you had Dionysus who was a god of debauchery and wine, you know, (laughs) which is right up my alley. So well, maybe not the wine. Maybe he was like the god of craft IPA, sure. (laughs) But
1: Mm, that's a
0: good one. I can't I can't drink wine. Like it's just I don't like it's wet, but it's dry. It doesn't make sense.
1: (laughs) That's um. Bob and I were talking the other day about warm celery. I don't like it, like when people put it in soups and stuff. And like warm celery sounds mm. wrong.
0: I like my grandmother puts it in like stuffing sometimes, but I can't.
1: I don't know, tell it's, like it's like there. It's, it's mushy, but you still get the strings.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds Everybody's
1: bad. Everybody's got some weird thing that they don't like with food and I don't and do mayonnaise. Hm.
0: I do I do zero mayonnaise.
1: It's grown on me. I'm okay
0: with it now. I, th- I think mayonnaise is food lube. Uh, I don't think it should exist yeah. for anything. Like, mayonnaise is what is what people put on food when they want dry turkey to slide down easier. Yes. Yes, 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 yes,
1: yes. Or cheese,
0: but mayonnaise and cheese. I, I'm cool. With, I didn't, fun fact, I didn't enjoy cheese until I was 16 years old. Wow. Like, my grandmother tells me when I was a kid, I used to eat just, like, cheese, all the cheese. And I don't know, I think I was, like, five or six, and I remember they were like, do you want a cheeseburger? And I was like, no, cheese is gross. And You're just done. Yeah, I just, I didn't know what it was. Like, and I, as long as I can remember, I just didn't like cheese. And I met my best friend Lance. And uh, he, he, like, so, like, he was like, oh, all you've had is like, craft cheese and, like, shitty block cheese. Like, here, yeah. I got you. This is called Munster cheese. <laughs> and I'm like, it looks like chicken because it's got red on the outside. And he's like, <laughs> pretend it's chicken. And I was like, it doesn't taste like chicken. No. He's like, but it'll grow on you. And I, I directly correlate Lance where she, like, now I'm going like, I've got, uh, there's this place uh, where my mom's from, uh, her entire family's from Lansing, North Carolina, which mm-hmm. nobody knows where that is. So uh, West Jefferson is the next closest area. Um, some people know where that is. Uh, so Boone would be, Okay. <laughs> yeah. I
1: was like, I've heard of that, but I, I think of Lansing, Michigan. That's yeah. where
0: my parents are from. Well, so, uh, Grandfather yeah. Mountain, Tweetsie Railroad. Yeah, uh, okay. That okay. whole area. Yeah, that's, I've been
1: to Tweetsie Railroad.
0: Yeah, that's, so my, my mom's whole family have been up there for forever. Uh, cool. my great grandmother, she passed a few years back at 101 and, uh, she, that, I'm sure that woman remembers them running power up the mountain. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She was she was there when it was like, she had, you know she had like nine kids and it was because they needed help on the farm, you know <laughs> not yeah not because not that's, because they were trying to nine. help yeah mm-hmm. they're, they're a whole mess of kids yeah that's where I get that joke where I tell Molly you know she's like because she's got. I love her to death. Uh, I do. And, you know, uh, that is the the truest expression of a human that I've ever met that deals with me for being me, not because I got a bunch of money or because, you know, I've got good weed or, you know, I I just do that thing that they really like ever so often. Uh, they just, Aww. she's just, we get each other. Um, I, I get that, and I can tell we get each other because we don't care about arguing with each other. You know, she don't give a fuck, and I, I don't know. either. Like she, would like she would be like, I didn't, I can't remember what it was. I did something one time, and I think I like took a bowl and put it in the kitchen, and she was like, the bowls go in the sink, and I was like, my controllers go on the charger, <laughs> and, just right back at her. Yeah, and she was just like, your socks go in the drawer, and I was like, well, you, yeah. And, like, and at that point, I was like, I don't have a one-up for that. I don't have one for that. And, uh, so she went, she's, she's had baby fever since, like, like, she got to see my little brother when we first got together. She got to see him, like, have his first, not see him have the first kid, but, like, she was there, she's been around the whole time Oliver's existed. Aww. Um And then, you know, she's seen their second kid, and, you know, yeah. uh, Gooop just had a kid, David Goolsbee just had a kid. Yeah. Um, God, it's an ugly baby. Um. Every, the first picture I saw of him, he had this face on like he was mid-crying. I was just like, oh, wow. That's a face. And <laughs> you
1: can't I'm, go back from that. Yeah,
0: I'm sure I'm sure it will be cute later. Um, I mean, as long as he look like a mama, not his daddy, boy. Because <laughs> Gooop is a crazy man. David, I love you, bro. Please don't shoot me later. Um, but she's got baby fever. And, like, that's where I get the joke from where I'm like, let's wait till we're married. Because, like... My dad's Catholic, uh, Mexican. My mother's from the mountains of North Carolina. I want to be the first person in my family to do that.
1: Oh, yeah, I get
0: that. I think that's why my granny was so harsh on me too, because she was my grandma was like sixteen when she had my mom, so that was, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, don't do
1: what I did. Yeah,
0: so well, she, I mean, like. On the same girl, she was telling me stories about how, like, you know, and this is in the 40s. She was like, yeah, you know, we like boys, and we used to take straight pins and, like, scratch their names in our arms and shit. And I was like, what kind of pre-emo before emo kid were y'all? <laughs> like, were y'all just <laughs> listening to Jerry Lee Lewis and be like, oh, Jerry Lee, I can't <laughs> People say country music's not sad. Suck my dick. Like, of course it's sad.
1: That's all sad. I, I don't
0: like country music. I, I enjoy- just can't. I enjoy some of the classics. Like, I really like Waylon Jennings, and uh, Johnny Cash, um, mm. and Elvis. I love Elvis. Yeah, Elvis was a you badass. You consider him country when he started. Sure. When he started, uh, when he started, he was definitely a country guy, and then he started singing gospel, mm. and then he started singing blues songs because where he grew up in okay. Tennessee in Memphis. Yeah. So Elvis grew up in like the what you would call the Section Eight housing. Of Memphis, like he was in a he was in a, a low income housing area that was set aside mostly for uh, for for black folks, but uh, you know they were in a white side of that because his daddy was in prison for passing bad checks, mm. and so he grew up around you know, you know Big Mama and BB King and you know Howlin' Wolf and all that people in that crazy Memphis like blues scene, yeah, and
1: that's that
0: that's be. that's where his influence comes from and all that stuff. Mm. Like a lot of people say, he stole that music and. What you don't realize is about at the time, if somebody had a hot song, there was nothing that was considered a bigger sign of respect for another artist to be like, I'm going to play this song. Like, uh, they all did it. Mama Cass and B.B. King. Like, yeah. Not Mama Cass. Um, so different now. Yeah, I can't think of her name. But uh, they were, um, you know, um, even... Um, Oh wow, Buddy Guy, all those guys. That's that's what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, if they liked somebody, they'd play that song. Uh, like Little Richard, like he he got to see Little Richard be Little Richard. Like, this—that's why he was the way he was. But then you know he, get, and this is the man who came back into the Christmas special and then <laughs> sung like a hymnal on the air that had never been done. And like he had, he was sunk. He was over. Just, Elvis is badass man. He was, <laughs> He was a shit person sometimes, but I think I think because he let the colonel dictate his life, and tried to please his mother his entire life, and then mm-hmm. let his father run his businesses, and then just uh, like his wife's in the crowd, and then he's kissing all the girls in Vegas because that's just Elvis and who he does, and then like please don't leave, we'll get married again, we'll get back together when I'm fifteen, you're forty-five, and then he died on the shitter.
1: Oh my God, I love how passionate you are about that.
0: Elvis Aaron Presley, it's a bad motherfucker. <laughs>
1: I did not know his name. That's
0: too plain for him, Aaron. Elvis Aaron Presley. Mm Hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, he had a twin brother. No. And a twin brother died uh, during birth.
1: Oh. Yeah. Oh my god. Interesting.
0: Yeah, Elvis is crazy. (laughs) Elvis is crazy, like, and they don't—they just put out that movie last year, and the guy who did him like won a bunch of awards for for the voice and everything. But uh, like they don't even touch on like there's a whole point on Elvis from like when he was a musician before Ed Sullivan and before they did the whole new Elvis thing and they censored him and sent him to the military. So like this this is all Elvis before he's like like maybe 1920. Like so this all happens in the early end of his life. He becomes a superstar mm. and they get censored and sent to the military so he can come back and be the clean cut American boy and then he's supposed to do movies right. But what none of those movies talk about is the fact that for, like, 12 years, or not 12 years, nowhere near that time, but for, like, a good little span of that time, Elvis is, like, drugged out of his mind Mm. because he's on tour with guys like Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis, who are all also on tour. And this is when pills had just become a thing. So, like, these dudes are, like, just taking, like, just speed. And speed back then was just, like, whatever. You know, there there was still Coke and Coca-Cola at this time. You know what I'm saying? So this is just, like... You know, you could still get latinum at some, uh, <laughs> at some pharmacies in certain places, which is just liquid opium, uh, you know, so, uh, it's, uh, sure. he had a doctor, like, at the tail end of his career, they had a doctor that kept him alive, like, in between, because he was just so drunk and so drugged out, and all oh that my stuff. God. Yeah, it was so crazy. It was huh. so sad. And they let that man get on stage, bloated, fat, couldn't hold himself up, and keeps, but he could sing, boy! <laughs> that motherfucker
1: could sing! Oh, my God. So How did you get from
0: Elvis to like metal music? Uh, technicality. Mm. I, I enjoy technicality. Um, mm. Like, uh, I have a real soft spot in my heart for bluegrass, uh, which is mm. weird coming from a guy with as many tattoos as I have. Mm. Um, but my granddad used to listen to an oldie station when we would. I, I've been working or I had worked with my granddad from the time I was a kid mm. uh, by choice because he told me that, you know, you can work and you can make money and you can earn things. And, uh, you know, I had nice stuff when I was a kid, but I, I, I worked for a lot of it, you know, mm. I, I didn't get given a lot. Um, and that's not to say I wasn't given a fair bit, uh, but you know, I, I, worked for a lot of the stuff I wanted or like, sometimes I'd see something, he'd get it for me and he'd be like, all right, you're coming to work this Saturday and you're going to work this off. And like, that's what I did. You yeah. know, I was making $10 an hour as an eight year old, which is bananas. Cause it was all under the table. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Couldn't really found taxes. Um,
1: You know, I like bluegrass. My dad picked up the violin at 60 years old, and he has gotten me into a little bit of, like, I don't know. I don't feel like like bluegrass and folk are quite the same as country.
0: No. Bluegrass is is metal without distortion.
1: Huh. It is the same, like, speed.
0: Yes. (laughs) It's metal without distortion. Yo, if you throw a stomp box on that shit, that (laughs) shit would shred, yo. Like, and uh, one of the things that got me into it is uh, I remember my grandma one time, uh, I said something about Steve Martin. She was like, the banjo player? And I was like, no, Aww. the comedian. And she was like, yeah, the banjo player. And I'm yeah. like, no. <laughs> and she just, and it's one of the few times my grandmother got on a computer and pulled up something and showed me something. And I was like, that's Steve Martin. And like, I'm pretty sure the exact words I said was that Steve fucking Martin, which got me in trouble. <laughs> But like that was Steve Martin. My grandmother was like, "Yeah, he plays banjo all the time. Like he knows Marty Scruggs." And I'm like, "What's wow. happening? Like what's going on?" Huh. Like so, Steve like Steve plays Merle Fest every year. I'm like yeah.
1: Oh my god! Yeah. I would love to go to that and see that.
0: Just Steve Martin playing a banjo like a like a bluegrass god. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. it's crazy. Mm. It's bananas. That's it so cool. I knew a guy, uh I know a guy, Milton Harkey. He used to do a bunch of stuff with them. I used to print a bunch of stuff for him at uh office um office depot when I, I almost said print stuff for him at Office Space and I've never worked at that movie. Um but he would come in and he had like blues festivals and I can be like cool musicians through him. Uh mm-hmm. I, I got I get to I get to see B.B. King through him before B.B. King died. And that was one of my idols. Oh my God. Yeah, that was – I cried. I cried when I shook the man's hand. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was like, you, sir, are a god. Aww. And he looked at me and he went, you better lose some weight, boy. You're going to be a diabetic like me. And, BB, if you're listening in whatever universe you're in, you were fucking right, bro. <laughs> um, it – like, it, I don't know. Like, and it just I, – I don't I, I guess I, I guess I got in the middle first because it made people mad. mm. You know, like it was what different than everybody was listening to you. Yeah. Yeah. What is and then of course, you know, there's a there's that period where I was all dark and brooding.
1: Oh and yeah, those, you know, all the emo music.
0: I, I didn't no this it would be on you. Like it was me listening to Jimmy Bourgier, powdering up my face, putting on black makeup and just being like, The world is so crass. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> What's your name? Osriel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to
0: meet all these different versions of Tony. No, nobody does. Nobody <laughs> does. There's not enough drugs. There's not. There were so many drugs, but there's not enough drugs.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, honestly, I was the same dude the whole time. Oh, I yeah. just, I, I just, I kept putting on different masks until I got to the point. Like, that's what I love about me being me now is I'm just like, it's just where I got to and where I landed. Like, it's, it's the truest version of me. Um, I'm a dude that had an interesting upbringing due to his parents. They got pulled out of his situation into another one and continued to be a degenerate even though he didn't have to. And then five years ago, I decided I'd had enough. Yeah. And was like, let's be a person. Because, like, I'd, I'd been fired, like, three times, which I, I, I wasn't used to before. And, like, I was I was spiraling out of control. I was doing a copious amount of cocaine daily. Like, and I just, I just January 31st of this year was five years for me. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Thank
1: you.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and half of it's Molly. Molly kept me together. Cause there was, if I hadn't met Molly when I did, like, yo, I was, I was so close to going back.
1: Mm-hmm. I was like,
0: life isn't better for me. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still on the block selling drugs so I can live. Cause I can't keep a job, but it's not because I don't have a work ethic. It's because I was tired of people telling me what the fuck to do.
1: Yeah.
0: So, like, like I have a job now, and, uh, like, I've had jobs the entire time, but, like, you know, when I was a mechanic, it didn't, nobody really cared. Yeah, as
1: long as you did <laughs> your job and did it well. Well, and
0: I I hit it really well. Like, a lot of my friends, when they found out I'd went to rehab or was in rehab, they were like, but you, you kept yourself so together. And then there were a couple people that were like, oh, we totally knew. And I'm like, you dicks didn't say anything. Like, you definitely could have yeah. said something. Yep,
1: yep, yep.
0: But I mean, I understand why they didn't. Cause, it, like, I've I've had friends where I probably should have said something, and I didn't because it's not my place. Right. Yeah. So,
1: like, where where is that, and how do you find it? And anyway. Well, every, yeah. everybody. Yeah,
0: everybody finds their own way out. It's yeah, everything's yeah, yeah. good, kids. But the
1: point is that you've made it here today, and that's
0: awesome. Yeah. Well, and it's uh, it's it's all due to mostly to her. Um, well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's she's so great. She's so awesome. She's so weird. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Because she don't give a fuck. Like, every other girl that i would met before her, they were so concerned about how people thought about them when mm. we were out places. And, you know, she don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, she cool. she cares. <laughs> she definitely cares. But she, like, she's like, no, I'm going to be me. Like, yeah. I'm going to look presentable, but I'm going to be me. And, like, she, like... Oh, she lets me go out three nights or three weeks a month and hang out with all you guys, and yeah. do comedy stuff and doesn't bat an eye. And sometimes I come home late and she's a little grumpy, but most of the time she's yeah. happy about it because she knows it makes me happy. Yeah,
1: and she's always welcome. Like, and I enjoy seeing
0: her when she comes. She's she just if she's got to work the next day, she's a person who's like i get that and she's like and and i've told her before i was like yo the mic's at seven we're gonna be done by nine you're gonna sit here and watch tv till 11 anyway (laughs) no no,
1: but you spend all the time talking to your people on the sidewalk after she doesn't talk like that at all but
0: sometimes (laughs) Uh she said that almost exact thing one time and she was like that's where the name comes from i was like,
1: No, I made that connection very quickly. Yeah, that was, one of, that was one of my favorite parts of of like early improv days was hanging out outside and like getting to know everyone. And I was still very intimidated by everyone, but it was it was fun.
0: You, this episode of the Cyborg Crew has been brought to you by Lucky Thirteen Tattoo Aftercare. <laughs> hey guys, uh, Tony here, and uh, it's no secret I've got a couple tattoos. And uh, I like to make sure those tattoos stay looking good. And one of the coolest ways that I find to keep my tattoos looking good is Lucky 13. Um, found out about Lucky 13 a while ago and, uh, I just, I think it's a great product. You know, they've got a tattoo balm, they've got it in a tube, they've got it in a tin, and they've got a cleanser and healing ointment. Um, cleanser is the best on a fresh tattoos and the balm you can use from a brand new tattoo to a tattoo that you've had for years. Look, a lot of my tattoos I've had since I was 18 years old. That's 12, 13 years ago now. And uh, with Lucky 13, those tattoos look just as pristine as the day that they got put on. And uh, you know, they're all natural ingredients with Lucky 13. Uh, things like aloe vera, avocado oil, beeswax, coconut extract, like just stuff that's good for your skin. And anything that's good to put on your skin and goes in your skin can also help it nourish it better. Uh, Lucky 13 even has a fact test about how it works, how to use it, and what product would be best for you. Uh, they've been talked about on NBC, USA Today, CBS, and Fox. It's just a fantastic product with thousands of great reviews and the fact that they donate to the Impact Melanoma Organization to help educate people of the importance of skin cancer prevention and early detection awareness. It's an all-around great company. When I feel like taking care of my tattoos, I definitely make sure that I hit up Lucky13 at ProtectYourInk.com protectyourink.com and if you use the code that comic tony that's t h a t c o m i c t o n y you can get 25% off your order that's right listeners of this show that use the code that comic tony at checkout can get 25% off their order i think that's pretty badass of lucky 13 so let's support a company that does a lot to help prevent skin cancer around the world and that keeps our tattoos looking great lucky 13 tattoo at protectyourink.com like, you guys in improv, uh, a lot of y'all, it's... I don't know, it's like... It, to me, y'all seem so much quicker than those of us that are stand-ups, like, at it. So, like, I, I remember watching the improv troupe walk in, and it was like... I, I'd hear, like, like, hit them high, hit them low from fucking the Monstars on Space Jam. And as y'all walk across <laughs> the parking lot, and I'm like, look at these fucking gangsters right here. Just... Because I thought improv was the most terrifying thing on the planet. And then, um... Was it Zach... I want to say it was Zach that I talked to, and he was like, "Yo, stand up is the most hair prying thing on the fucking planet." And I was like, "Really? What?" And then almost every other improv person I talked to, they think they want to do stand up, but they think stand up is crazy. And those of us that are stand ups want to do improv, but we think improv is crazy. Yeah. But it sharp both in sharpen the stone on each of them. Like so, yep. like improv will help you. Like I've done crowd work stuff recently. I used to not do that because yeah. I was like, if I just stare through them, they won't know I'm here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because you get to you do get to memorize, but I think the scarier part with with stand up is like if you don't have the improv, what do you do when you fuck up what you memorized? How do you come back from that? And then honestly, I feel like sketch has been the perfect combination of the two because like you get the the like bouncing off of each other the way that you do an improv because it's not just you, but you get some of the memorization and planning of stand up. And all three of them are just different forms of a scene where you have, like, a heightened arc and a game that you're, you're trying to get across. So every time, like, the other day at improv, Steve said something about the, the game of the, the sketch scene. And I was like, there's a game in improv, too. I thought it was just sketch. And then I was like, oh, it's all connected. And it, every every time now that I go to something different, I feel like I understand it more, and it's a
0: lot of fun. Well, I consume as much as I can too. I, I try to I try to eat as much comedy stuff as I can. Mm-hmm. I'm like like I've got sketches written that I have formatted that one day when I grow a little bit of hair on my nuts, I'll send them to AJ, <laughs> and they'll be like, yeah. "Hey, can I have some notes?" Yeah. And then I'm gonna get them back, and I'm probably gonna cry um, a lot because. There, I, he has like,
1: a really good way of giving feedback, though.
0: Well, I'm gonna cry because I'm gonna, like, if there's nothing on it, I'm gonna be like, oh god, he didn't like it enough to work. But then, like, if there is stuff on it, I'm be like, oh god, I messed this up. Like, mm. that's that's my internal. My internals are just like, you suck, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I I think all of us maybe at least I do. I also have that same internal monologue of like, why the fuck did you just do that? You're terrible. Why are you still doing this? You should just quit. And then something great will happen, and I'm like, "This is the best thing ever! I never want to leave." And then the cycle starts all over again. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a vicious one. It is a vicious yeah. one for sure. I, I, w- I will say uh, before we get to the tail end of things, I take an improv now. It's it's the funnest thing I've done, and it's only it's it's helped me do it more. Like there's there's nobody that I've met through the box or through any connection that I've made at the box. That I wouldn't want to work with in some way, shape, and capacity, and I'm—I I mean that for everybody there, even the ones that annoy the shit out of me, because some of them do, and they know who they are. Um, because I don't—if you ask me a question, I'm gonna tell you honestly. Yep. That's just because I have no filter. I smoked that motherfucker away when I was twenty-two. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no, nah, my filter's gone, son. So I just don't care anymore. Um, so like, uh. I think the people that I've made there has been, like, it's... I don't have regular friends anymore. I've got Molly. I've got my boy Lance. There's, like, four other people that I've known from, like, back in my debaucherousness that respected the fact that I didn't want to be that person anymore. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's still, a cavalcade of people now that, oh, we want to come out and see a show. Like, people that I saw when I was, like, out there.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, they're like, you know, oh, we want to come see a show. I've sent mm-hmm. tickets before. I've sent them all sorts of stuff. They don't want to come see me succeed. They want, they want to come see me fail. mm and then be like, see, you could have been here with us the whole time. And it's like, yo, just because you still want to bottom feed doesn't mean I want to bottom feed my whole life. Yeah. And not all those people are bottom feeders. Um, a lot of them are great people. And those are the people that I don't talk to a lot anymore because we all realize we have a lot of life. And then when I run into yeah. them, it's so pleasurable to see them and so awesome. And we, we reminisce. And th- those are the people are like, hey, I'd love to come see a show. And I'll tell them when I'm having one and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then they make it out sometimes. And then sometimes they don't. But they've got kids and lives and stuff. It's yeah. the people that hit me up every week. Hey, man, we're going to come and see you. And I'd be like, eh, and I hear it's pretty sold. <laughs> I don't want to see some of those people. Some yeah. of those people are just bad.
1: Yeah. I'm, you know, all all life has changed. And...
0: I think that's the deepest thing anybody's ever said on this show. That's fantastic.
1: Oh my, Well... I I think about that a lot. Um, my sister once told me that everybody changes. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to change with them. And I guess my grandmom had told her that, like, years ago and um, or something. But, you know, like, you, you, your whole life ebbs and flows with the people that want to spend time with you and the people that you want to adversely spend time with. Yeah. And, yeah, the idiot box has been... A great place for a lot of those people.
0: That's for sure. That's for sure. So, February 17th. Yes. 8.30 to 10. Yes. uh, What's the name of the show again?
1: It is AJ's Sketch Night. Um, And then we are doing a little opening for them. He's got a a couple new sketches, I hear, as well as some old classics and some uh, guest spots, I guess you'd call them.
0: I mean, yeah, that's that, that. seems like a good thing. That seems like a good. I mean, yeah, that's it's that's, gonna be a good time. Yeah, it's comedians as we call them. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm so glad this episode would be out before then, mm. um, so uh, everybody can do that. Um, Tia, thanks so much for coming through. Um, I greatly appreciate you. Uh, yeah, coming thanks through. for
1: having me. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. We'll definitely we definitely got to get you on the next graduates episode, and then <laughs> we're we're gonna have to do a whole episode talking about Egypt once I'm done with this fucking podcast because like Molly thinks I'm crazy. She's like, why are you talking about Egypt? Talking about, about Egypt, Greek, and
1: Rome for. Hours, yeah,
0: those are those are months. I love it so much, it just (laughs) makes me feel like a human, As, as though I feel like an alien the rest of the time, um, or what have you. Um, so, uh, appreciate all you guys stopping by, and as all of you know, um. You can find uh, Improvers And uh, comedians uh, Stand ups And open micers Like Tia all the Idiot Box Comedy Club In Greensboro, North Carolina Which is my favorite spot To do comedy And in my opinion The best place to do it In North Carolina period There are uh, improv classes Stand up classes And sketch classes All the time mm-hmm. You can check out The Facebook page Or the website at idiotboxers.com. Also we have merch for sale There's uh, t-shirts And everything uh, the, uni- uh, the ultimate comic challenge Is coming up Tia's going to be In that one as well um, I've got my dates as well. well We'll release those In about a week uh, When and everybody's stuff is finalized. Um, I just found out who's in my first round I'll tell table when we get off the air, and it is my first round. Oh my gosh. Fucking crazy. Mm. My first round is bananas. <laughs> and then I found out who's in a uh, uh, I don't know if you know Ethan Justice and Jeremy Nelson or not. You probably you yeah. probably know Jeremy if you saw him. He's one of the he's a new guy from Montana that talks about wrestling a lot. I don't know. It's been a
1: while since it, I've been at
0: it. So Jeremy um I saw his first round, and I was like, God, I'll I'll let you know, because I don't want... I'm not going to spoil you guys on the entire lineup. Yeah, just come come to the shows. Come to all of them. Um, But like I said, I I think the Itty Box is the best place to do it. We have the littest open mic in the world on Mm -hmm. Thursdays, every Thursday. If you've ever wanted to give it a try get online, go to your Eventbrite, pay your $5, reserve your spot. I promise you if it's your first time there, if it's funny, we will laugh. And if it's not, we'll probably laugh anyway, because we want to encourage you guys to come back and have a good time with us and hang out um and that's my spiel on the idiot box that's what keeps me afloat and that is my shameless plug uh, it is the only <laughs> ad i do live and it's not even an ad i just do it because i love the place and because jenny's awesome and uh you know somebody actually asked me a couple weeks ago if if, the, if i get anything from that and the answer is i get uh, satisfaction because that place has kept me alive and given me a reason to keep doing what i'm doing so i love that stuff now um i've been interviewing people for a little while now we're in season three And, uh, I, uh, everybody asks me all the time, what interviews? And I'm like, well, I just want to have cool conversations with people that I think are cool. Some people that, you know, I don't think are as cool as other people, but I still (laughs) want to have them on to talk to them anyway. Um, because, like, I want to hear people's different perspectives on. There's been a lot of comics on. We've had Infusion Chefs on. We've had small business owners on. We've had, uh... We've got uh, local government coming on, hopefully by the end of the year. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we'll talk more about that in April when those dates come around. Um, but everybody asks, where'd you get it from? And, you know, they're like, oh, Carson and, and Ferguson. and The second one would be close, but uh, it's not true. I, have, I found my love for talking to people like this from uh, James Lipton. I thought he was the best interviewer ever. Uh, Inside the Extra Studio was one of the earliest programs I can remember that was not like movies and stuff that I watched on TV and uh, I thought he was awesome I thought he was really thorough um, especially um, he was the first person Dave Chappelle talked to when he came back uh, got mm-hmm. back from Africa. And then a few episodes later, Dave Chappelle was also the only person to ever sit in the interviewer's chair that was not James, and then interview James Lipton himself. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one of my favorite parallels between comedy and that world ever. So uh, at the end of those uh, shows, James always asks what's called the PIVO questionnaire. It's just a cool little questionnaire where you can get a gauge on your guest that's in the chair, and maybe, you know, earn some, uh, learn some different things about them, and it's fun for the audience and everyone involved. And until Bravo and or A&E send me a cease and desist letter, I'm going to continue doing this, because the PIVO <laughs> (laughs) questionnaire is free and look up and bravo and a and e don't own it it was made by a guy named uh pivo of i'm sure um a french (laughs) a french doctor who came up with the with the character's questionnaire so tia waller yes what is your favorite word fuck what is your least favorite word
1: Mm, moist
0: that's that's been a popular one um what turns you on creatively mentally or spiritually
1: Mm. I think seeing the reactions afterwards and, like, giving someone a painting, telling someone a joke, and seeing their reaction.
0: What turned you off?
1: Mean people. And and that's a broad term, but somebody that has just ill intentions and has... Goes out of their way to make you feel less than.
0: What sound do you love? Mm-hmm. What sound do you hate?
1: Uh, anything crashing.
0: That's. I don't think anybody's ever said that before. That's. That's actually really. That, makes... that will stop
1: me dead in my tracks. <laughs> like a something falling, a thud.
0: <laughs> As it does, the person that crashed. Yeah. Ayo. <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> um, what, um... What sound do you love? What sound do you hate? Uh, what profession, other than yours, um, if skill, knowledge, or physical attributes were not involved and you could just immediately plug into it, anything on the planet or outside of the planet, what would you like to try?
1: Either acting or space travel.
0: Okay, same question, but what would you absolutely never, ever, 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 ever do?
1: Anything medical. Ever. I don't want to touch anyone's body fluids. (laughs) None of them.
0: My personal favorite question, what is your favorite curse word? Also, fuck. (laughs) And finally, if God exists, what would you like to hear him, her say to you uh, when you cross the pearly gates?
1: Hey, we got all your family and cats right here waiting for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is... That's and that's Pivo questionnaire, ladies and gentlemen. That's how it should be answered. <laughs> some of you rookies who have been on and don't know what you're doing, I'm calling out half of you. <laughs> Three seasons and I'm calling out half of you. Huh? <laughs> Eat it, nerds. From probably two of the nerdiest guests that have been on the show. So, uh, um, Tia, thank you so much for coming through. Um, other than the seventeenth, is there any other date you got coming up that you want to
1: plug? Just the UCC when
0: that Just the UCC. shit comes
1: out.
0: Heard, heard. So, thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, we'll, we'll throw links out to the show that T and everybody's on. Definitely check them out at the Idiot Box. And remember, UCC's coming up. We'll get that going soon. I love you guys so much. Thanks for listening to another episode. Y'all have a great one.